Bite Size Birthday Biography Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Mira. This is a daily podcast which shines a spotlight on a person born on this day at some point in history somewhere in the world who made a positive lasting impact. Today, September 16th, we're going to celebrate the birth and life of H.A. Ray, creator of Curious George. H.A. Ray was born on this day in 1898. So the perfect name for this episode was already sadly taken by a fabulous New York Times article called How Curious George Escaped the Nazis, written in 2005 by Danita Smith. If we were to do a free association activity around Curious George, the Third Reich would probably not be one of the first items that comes to mind. But the true story behind Curious George's journey to American homes, libraries, schools, and hearts has a direct line to Nazi Germany. So Curious George's creator, H.A. Ray, Hans Augusto Ray, was a German Jew born in Hamburg, Germany in 1898. He came from a comfortably middle-class educated family, and their home's proximity to the Hagenbeck Zoo allowed him to practice his animal sounds as well as his blossoming artistic skills. Tierpark Hagenbeck, as it's called in German, has kind of a dark history that definitely deserves a quick sidebar. So the zoo's first iteration was founded in 1874 by an amateur exotic animal collector named Carl Hagenbeck Sr. Carl had switched career paths from fishmongering after realizing that the animals being brought in from around the world would bring him a lot more money than just slinging sardines. It was an exemplary zoo in some ways, as it was the first to use moats to surround exhibits instead of keeping the animals in metal cages, and this created a more natural feeling for the animals, and visitors seemed to enjoy it as well. Then Carl got an idea, like picture the Grinch right now, if people would pay to look at animals from other countries, how much would they pay to look at people from other countries? The answer was quite a bit, and Carl began to display villagers from Samoa and Lapland in what can only be described as a human zoo. The Laplanders were even put into the reindeer exhibit to make it seem more natural. Attendance at the zoo began to decline as the popularity of photography started to take off. Uh, People could take a picture, and they didn't need to go back to the zoo again. So Carl decided that he was going to take all of his elephants and his other exotic animals and start a circus. Because if there's anything a wild animal loves more than being kidnapped and put in a zoo, it's being put into a circus and being made to perform. In 1907, he built a second version of the zoo that Ray would spend so much of his childhood at. His first exhibit, which he called the Northern Panorama, was this seal and walrus display with a moat behind it, and then a reindeer display behind that, then a moat behind that, and then finally a polar bear exhibit. And this gave the illusion of all the animals being together in one exhibit. I can't imagine it was super relaxing for the reindeer to always feel like they're about to be eaten by their neighbors, but don't think Carl was really concerned about that. Carl was also shockingly the first zookeeper to break up the animals by species. Prior to that, animals of all kinds were kind of thrown in together, resulting often in battles and bloodbaths, which some patrons actually came to the zoos just to see. Carl was smart enough to know that you save money if you don't have to keep replacing your animals, and there is much less of a chance of ending up with a dead zebra if it's being put in with another zebra as opposed to a lion. The zoo did pretty well until Carl's death in 1913. As World War I swept through Europe, the animals at the zoo were actually additional innocent victims. The German army had confiscated all of the citizens' horses for military use, so farmers rented elephants and bears by the day, harnessing them to carts to drag wood and coal around the city. 
the zoo was finally totally annihilated and all the animals killed by Allied bombing in July of 1943. It was rebuilt in the 1950s and it is run as a private zoo today by the Hagenbeck family. Okay, end of sidebar, back to Curious George. So unbeknownst to young Hans, the sister of a friend of his that he met at a birthday party would become his future wife and co-Curious George creator. Margaret had also been born in Hamburg, albeit a few years later, on May 16, 1906. Hans and Margaret's parents were actually familiar with each other, and the kids kind of grew up parallel, but because of their eight-year age gap, it's unlikely that the two of them really had a lot in common or interacted a lot. Um, Hans ended up serving in World War I, uh, an experience that he absolutely hated. He found war brutal and decided that his career path would definitely not be that of a career army man. With the end of World War I, Germany and its citizens found themselves economically and spiritually destitute. Hans was anxious to provide income for his family, so he took a job painting circus posters, which more closely aligned with his love of art, but it wasn't a super lucrative position. He ended up moving to Rio de Janeiro in 1924 in search of a better paying job. It's hard to know if the job he ended up with um, in a family business was what he envisioned uh, for his career path, but regardless, he ended up taking a job sailing up and down the Amazon River selling bathtubs. I have so many questions about who he was selling these bathtubs to due to the sort of inherent lack of plumbing in the Amazon rainforest, but who knows. So meanwhile, Margaret was working as a photographer in London. She had studied photography and art at the Bauhaus School in Germany. She also, twist of fate, ended up moving to Rio de Janeiro in 1935 as Hitler was gaining more and more traction in Europe. Hans and Margaret ended up reconnecting in Rio in that same year they were married. They formed what has been called the first advertising agency in Brazil. I couldn't find a lot of confirmation on if it was the first, so... Maybe the more honest thing to say is that they formed an advertising agency in Brazil. During this time in Brazil, they did something that they didn't know would end up saving their lives in a few years. They became citizens of Brazil. It was at this time that Hans also changed his last name legally to Ray. Before that, uh, his birth name had been Ryersbach, but that was kind of difficult for um, the native Brazilians to pronounce. Inexplicably. Margaret and Hans, two German Jews, decide to return to Europe for their honeymoon in 1935. Bear in mind, at this point in time, there are already functioning concentration camps. Eastern European Jews had already been stripped of German citizenship, and the Nuremberg Laws were already in place. Doesn't exactly scream honeymoon destination to me, but it's possible that maybe they thought if they stayed out of Germany, everything would be okay. They actually brought their two pet monkeys with them on the trip, but both monkeys died on the ship due to the exceptionally cold, wet voyage. Margaret uh, tried to keep them alive by knitting them sweaters, but the monkeys were just not apparently seagoing little folk. The Rays settled in the Momat neighborhood of Paris, where they began writing and illustrating children's books. Hans did the illustrations for the most part, and Margaret usually wrote the stories, but their work did occasionally overlap. Raffi and the Nine Monkeys was their first uh, monkey book, published in 1939. It was published in France, so en français, Raffi et les Neuf Songes. For this book, only Hans's name is listed, but on future books, both him and Margaret received credit. 
This book followed uh, the exploits of a lonely giraffe named Raffi who befriends a mama monkey and her brood of little monkeys. The youngest, a little boy monkey named Fifi, seems to be exceptionally mischievous. When this book was published in the U.S. in the 1940s, the title was changed to Cecily G. and the Nine Monkeys. It's still available today. It's very cute. Give it a read if you haven't already. The little monkey in the book uh, had his name changed as well from Fifi to Curious George after their U.S. publisher pointed out that in America, Fifi is kind of an odd name for a boy. But we jumped ahead just a little bit there. Back to Paris. So September 1939, war officially breaks out. Thankfully, the Rays had already signed a contract with their French publisher who had given them a cash advance. It was this money that would help save the lives of the Rays and the legacy of Curious George. By spring of 1940, the Nazis had rolled through Belgium and Holland, and there were refugees just pouring into France. On June 11th, an announcement came on the radio that Paris would not defend itself from the approaching Nazi army. Realizing that this was literally their last chance to escape, Hans and Margaret began to gather their artwork and their manuscripts. The only way to leave Paris was by bicycle, as the Rays had no car and all the trains had stopped running. At this point, every bike in the city had been purchased, except for one tandem bike for two that they just couldn't navigate. So Hans, ever resourceful, gathered spare bike parts and he built two functioning bikes for himself and Margaret. They fled south along with swarms of others under the watchful eyes of circling German planes. The Rays stayed in farmhouses and stables as they biked and trained their way towards Biarritz, a city on the Bay of Biscay in southwestern France. It was here that their Brazilian citizenship came in handy. Had they only been Jews with now null and void German citizenship papers, their fates probably would have been much more dire. But this combo of Brazilian papers and German accents actually kind of threw off the Nazi officials. One of them searched Hans's bag looking for like political documents, and he found only a bunch of drawings of monkeys. And so he kind of put him back and was like, all right, here you go, you weirdo. From Biarritz, they traveled the 22 miles south to Spain. Spain was in kind of an odd position at the time as they were nominally maintaining neutrality, but they were also giving economic and military assistance to the Axis powers. And from there on, uh, Margaret and Hans went to Portugal, which was staying genuinely neutral. But seeing that Europe as a whole was neither stable nor secure, they returned to Rio, uh, their citizenship papers making this life-saving journey possible. They stayed in Rio until October of 1940 when they moved to New York. Houghton Mifflin offered them a contract for the Curious George books. Um, This is the bit I mentioned earlier about them having the meeting and then Fifi's name being changed to Curious George. So Hans and Margaret would live in New York for 23 years before moving to Cambridge, Massachusetts. In the documentary on their lives, Monkey Business, The Adventures of Curious George's Creators, their friends and neighbors recall that Hans was a very friendly and neighborly person who really liked kids, and Margaret was much more aloof and introverted and chose to keep to herself. Following Curious George's first appearance in Sicily G and the Nine Monkeys, the Rays would write seven more Curious George books between 1941 and 1966. They also occasionally did children's books without Curious George, my favorite being White Black the Penguin Sees the World, about a very originally named penguin who goes in search of adventure. Hans died on August 26, 1977 at the age of 78. Margaret kept Curious George alive by writing an additional 28 Curious George books with American writer Alan J. Shalek. 
Margaret died December 21st, 1996, at the age of 90. Her and Hans had no children. The Curious George books that came after the deaths of both Rays were done by artists who did their best to imitate the Rays style, but if you compare one of the originals to one of the newer ones, the charm and the whimsy is sorely lacking. There's also been cartoon, film, and even video game spin-offs with the Curious George character. To date, over 25 million Curious George books have been sold, and they are available in 10 different languages. My sources today were the New York Times, The New Yorker, Newsweek, Wikipedia, and the very fun documentary about the Rays called Monkey Business, The Adventures of Curious George's Creators. Thank you so much for joining me for our birthday celebration of H.A. Ray. Please join me tomorrow, September 17th, when we celebrate the birth and life of Dr. Edgar Weyburn, American environmentalist. See you then.